Let us pray. Eternal and all-merciful God, with all the angels and all the saints, we laud your majesty and might. By the resurrection of your Son, show yourself to us and inspire us to follow Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The reading this morning comes from the fifth chapter of Revelation, beginning at the 11th verse. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with a full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing. To the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This is the word of the Lord. gospel according to John, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. He put on some clothes, for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw the charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. 
Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wish. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Be seated. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So how do you like your fish done? Blackened? Fried with a little cornmeal batter around it? Grilled? Baked? In a stew? I make a great fish stew. Well, not that great, but <laughs> I like it. Jesus happened to know how the disciples liked their fish when they had been out all night and didn't catch anything, and then he appeared to them as the risen Lord on the seashore. He told them to go back out and cast their net off the other side, and they did it, and there were so many fish in that net that they couldn't haul it in. And as that occurred, they realized this was the risen Lord. This was Jesus who was raised from the dead, who had appeared to them in the ordinariness of their life, Jesus seemed to know what they needed. When they came on shore, he was cooking breakfast for them. So for those of us in our lives have people who cook for us from time to time, who serve meals in the fellowship hall after a memorial service or a funeral, or who make sure that we have food to eat between the services, this is a very Christ-like thing to set a table and to invite people and to make sure that people are cared for and their, uh, and their needs are met. When they came ashore, there were 153 fish in the nets. When, when you hear uh, a specific number like that in the Bible, you want to pay attention to it because uh, there must be some meaning to it. And we could talk about that at another time, but just as an aside, in the ancient world, people believed there were 153 different nationalities, different languages, different kinds of people. And this is kind of a parable for the church to cast our net out and to gather every person 
under God's love and in Christ's presence. These disciples had to be exhausted and amazed, full of questions, wondering, and in great faith as they came ashore that day. They'd seen the Lord, and the Lord had met them in the ordinariness of their lives. After they saw him in that episode you heard last week in the upper room on the day he was raised from the dead, and then a week later when Thomas was with them and had a chance to see the risen Lord and touch the wounds that were in his hands and in his side, they went back to the regular stuff of their life. They went back to fish. Uh, They had families to take care of. They had bills to pay, probably, um, and things to tend to. And so it was in the ordinariness of their lives that the risen Christ appeared to them. You see, the point is this. The risen Christ is not some ghost, not some ethereal figure that floats around in the sky, But the risen Christ appears to those disciples and appears to us in the stuff of our lives. The fish weren't biting, so Jesus gave them directions as to how they had to go about fishing that day, and they had success. But Jesus meets them and meets us in the everydayness of what we do and and who we are. The risen Christ is present for us in the stuff of our lives. For those of us who gather week in and week out around this meal, we know that this is where the risen Christ meets us. I'm always moved by people who make every effort to be here on Sunday, even though It might be that because of a disability or because of some other issue, they might not be here because we know that this is where the risen Christ meets us. I have a a dear friend who uh, can't get to church anymore. And the church he attends live streams, their worship services. And when I visit my friend, he says to me, It's so great that I can see my pastor and see the people I love and see the altar around which I gathered all those years, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same. And I know that if he could, he would be there in another church with those people of God because this is where we meet the risen Christ. Over the months I've been with you, I've heard three or four of you say to me, you know, you really make a big deal out of the Eucharist. And I think to myself, you got it. (laughs) It's exactly right. I do make a big deal out of the Eucharist. We make a big deal out of the Eucharist. Because it's here that the risen Christ meets us. It's in bread and wine in this community of people gathered week in and week out who make this a priority because we know this is kind of our seashore where we come with our empty nets 
and expect the risen Christ to tell us to put him out on the other side because I'm here. Just in case they missed it, Jesus talks about the ordinariness of Christ to Peter. He checks with Peter three times. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And by the time he asks the third time, Peter's a little bit uh, irritated. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And then Jesus follows that in the last words of the gospel today with the words, follow me. Today, we pray that you meet the risen Christ anew in the ordinariness of your lives, in your parenting, in your leading, in your following, in your citizenship, in your love of neighbor, in your decision-making, in your budgeting, in your purchasing, in your socializing. Today we pray for the families of two innocent UNC Charlotte students who were murdered as they finished their semester's work last week and pray that those families in the midst of their simply indescribable grief might have the opportunity to meet the risen Christ through friends who gather around them, through comfort they might receive, through memories that they have, and through the promise of Christ's presence with them today and forever. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that when I became a grandpa and I prayed for my grandkids every morning, I prayed that they'd be safe. But we do that, don't we? And we pray for those families today that they might meet the risen Christ in the midst of their need. And we pray for the family of the shooter. And for the shooter who in the description of his grandfather in the newspaper, his grandfather simply couldn't imagine, could not simply imagine that he would do this. And we pray for them that somehow or other they might meet the risen Christ. And today we pray for our communities and we pray for our culture that's tempted to exclude rather than include and we pray that we might find the risen Christ there. And when we meet the Christ, the risen Christ, in the ordinariness of our lives and ordinary bread and wine, we're strengthened to be Christ, the risen Christ, when we meet others. Because the risen Christ has met us. That's what Jesus meant at the end of this when he said to Peter, follow me. <laughs> be like me. I'm going to show you the way. You're my representative. During the announcements this morning, you're going to hear about Habitat for Humanity. There's a lot going on in the congregation right now, and it, I hope it didn't slip past your radar, but we're going to set aside every Sunday in May to attend to this. But today we have some guests with us who are going to bring this to our attention, and we're going to begin to gather an offering.
for habitat for humanity. I think that's the way in which the church is the risen Christ. We meet people in the ordinariness of their lives. In my seven decades, I've, I've never thought about whether I'd have a roof over my head. But the more stories I read and the more people I meet, the more I realize that's not everybody's experience. And so to be the risen Christ is to say to those who might not have a safe roof over their head, might not have a place to go home to at the end of the day, that we as a community of the risen Christ are going to see to it with other communities of the risen Christ in this community there are roofs over your head because we believe Jesus is raised from the dead. Habitat has found a home in the Christian church, although it's not solely Christian. Persons of many faiths participate. And this is where we have a chance through our offerings and through our work and through our hammers and nails and the time we give to be the risen Christ. And so this kind of becomes a parable for us about what it means to be a community of resurrection and of new life. So this week, keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. No telling where you're going to meet the risen Christ. No telling where you're going to have a chance to be the risen Christ to your neighbor, to your coworker, to the person in your family, to someone you know who is in need. Keep your eyes open. That's what those disciples did. When Peter saw and was told, this is the Lord, he got so excited, he put his clothes back on, jumped in the water, and went and met him. And so for us. We meet the risen Christ at this table, but this, isn't, this is not where it ends. This is where it begins. And for us who are called to go in peace and serve the Lord out there, it's the same call that Jesus gave to Peter and the other disciples at the end of the gospel today. Follow me. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Hallelujah.